Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to episode 417 of Get Paid for Your Pad. We are your hosts, Jasper Rivers and Eric Muller. And today we are talking about how you should buy an Airbnb business instead of starting one. That's right. How does that sound? You know what? If you talked to me six months ago about that concept, I would have kind of challenged you a bit on uh, that business model. But now that we've actually done it and we're watching the trends and I, or we found the opportunities in this space, man, that sounds amazing. I'm super excited about that. So how's that sound for you? Yeah, no, to me, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Why build something new if you can just buy something that already exists? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Starting a business from the ground up is... Uh, Extremely challenging, as uh, as we know. Yeah, no, it's really exciting uh, to tell you the truth. I have a friend who fo- who focuses on buying businesses and then increasing the profits and then selling them again. That's yep. that's all he does. And I've always wondered, like, I, it, it seems such a mysterious thing for me. Like, how do you buy? How do you buy a business and then you know and improve it and so that you can sell it? It sounds it sounds pretty interesting, but also I had no idea how to do it either. Well, so well, dude. I mean, we're experiencing that right now, right? Like, we just bought this business in uh, Idlewild. I'm rocking the the shirt, Idlewild, California. We just bought this business, and just by implementing a handful of very basic systems, some new marketing, and some pricing tools, we've increased the profit on this property within the first two weeks of owning the property. Right, owning the business. It's kind of crazy. It is. It is for right? sure. Yeah. And then yeah. even finding like the the cleaning and the maintenance and the costs right there, like wow, we can one we can save a lot of money on operations while increasing the experience for guests. And this has nothing to do with like we haven't even worked. At, we were talking this morning. We haven't even started focusing on our actual real revenue management path for this uh, for this property. This is all just basic stuff. So I think if you get really good at understanding business as a whole. If you understand how business works, how people work, uh, you can find these opportunities moving into people's uh, existing business where you see the value. And just by tweaking a couple of levers, you can have a massive, massive result there. So, but yeah, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about how, you know, the opportunity right now is uh, that we believe is not starting an Airbnb business, but buying one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we we've got we've gotten a lot of questions from people because obviously there's uh there's a lot of people that agree with us that there's this this big opportunity. And people want to know a little bit about how do we how do you do this? How do you actually raise the money? How do you find that property and what does the process look like? Right? We're actually taking over an entire business. So 
So let's uh, let's dive in and you know, starting with the investors. I know you've worked with investors for a long time, right? For me, this is kind of like the first experience of uh, working with an investor. I think you have experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before we go into that, I just want to, I just want to state cause we do teach a lot of people how to start businesses from the ground up. So we're kind of, we're kind of joking about the whole thing of not starting an Airbnb business, but buying one. I think if you're in a position to buy a existing Airbnb business, and that's something that you're looking to do, there's a massive, massive opportunities there. And, uh, obviously this is our first official air quote, Airbnb business, short-term rental business that we purchased. Uh, we've started multiple short-term rental businesses from the ground up. So I uh, just don't want to turn everybody off with that. So just wanted to make that clarity. Obviously, there's a ton of opportunity of starting your own short-term rental management company or investment company. But if you can find those... And this is where I think all of our experience in the short-term rental space of running our own short-term rentals, teaching hundreds of people on how to start and scale short-term rental companies around the world is coming together with the opportunity, my background. So this answers your question, my background of real estate investing, like it's finally merged. It's, you know, It took four and a half years for me to get to this point where I'm like, okay, now I see the biggest opportunity that excites me the most to merge investing, real estate investing with short-term rentals. My background, I got into real estate investing at 17 years old. So long story short, I grew up in the construction industry. You know, My father, all my uncles, everybody from my town was... Uh, you know, I grew up in a blue collar town. So everyone was working with their hands. So I grew up working on construction job sites, my dad had a construction company on the weekends, so I would work on the houses with him on the weekends. And then that led to me in high school, going to a high school, a trade high school in North Bergen, New Jersey called CAS Prep, and uh, where I went half the week for regular high school academics and then half the week for construction. So they taught me carpentry and construction, how to run job sites, that whole thing. During that, while I was in high school, I was introduced to Rich Dad Poor Dad. So my teacher, Frank, my construction teacher, who I'm still good friends with, gave me Rich Dad Poor Dad. And he's like, hey, man, you got to read this. Because I started like exploring and asking questions about business and all this stuff. Where everybody else in, that I was going to the program with wanted to get a job, I wanted to start my own business. I just didn't know what that was yet. So long story short, I knew that I wanted to go into real estate, develop my own real estate. And that was the path I started going on. So Frank got me a job working for a real estate investor. And I was at her you know, laborer, just running stuff back and forth at 17. But she started teaching me the, the power of OPM, other people's money. Right. So, how anybody with a good plan, a good vision can attract in individuals with money who are looking to invest it in a place to earn a good return, um, but also invest in people that they truly believe in. So, from 17 to 19, I got into the carpentry union. And for about two and a half years, I was going through an apprenticeship, really learning construction at a high level of doing construction and carpentry myself, but then also running a big job site. And that was just me kind of studying from, from afar. Actually, at 19 is when I convinced a local bank to lend me and my father money, 110% financing. This was before the crash. 
Uh, and that's what caused the crash is that they were giving out 110% financing to everybody. So we bought our first property in town. I moved into the basement and I was doing carpentry on during the day, renovating the property at night. And we flipped that property, made some money. We bought some more properties, so on and so forth. So fast forward that I studied how to raise money through investors, right? Because I'm like, to buy real estate, we need money. We need a lot of money. Banks are very difficult to get cash from, right? So I started studying OPM, other people's money, and how to leverage other people's money to buy real estate and develop my own wealth while paying interest. So I've raised... Before I moved out of California, I raised millions of dollars through private investors to acquire real estate for short-term use, renovate it, flip it, pay them back their money. Then I started getting into apartment buildings, all of that. So fast forward to where we're at now, I'm taking the same approach. I'm just We're just giving them a different type of opportunity here. We have them investing in the bigger picture versus individual properties. So we could break all that down. But the biggest lesson that I learned in raising money is it all is based on your network. right? At the end of the day, it's all based on your network. And we can go deeper into that. Yeah. They say it's your, your net worth is your network. Every single investor I've ever worked with has come through my direct network. And I think that is a fair statement for most investors, individual investors that are raising money to buy property. Once you get bigger into REITs and you start developing funds, then you have to actually work to get investors to come to you and convince them to invest with you. Where, I mean, what we're doing with Free Wild is a perfect example, right? We have a couple of investors that have been watching what we're doing for the last couple of years. And we had the opportunity to show them our ability of running a business and, and being experts in this industry. Two is then we had the opportunity to introduce to them the bigger vision of what we're creating with Free Wild and the opportunity of building a really cool brand with really cool real estate all around the world. Like we have the ability to do that and we will do that over the next few years, right? So investors with money, and you could touch on this a little bit too, because uh, you have a better relationship with our first investor here. Investors with money, they get to a certain point where yes, they're looking for a return. I just learned recently about the rule of seven. Do you know this rule in the investment world? No. Okay. So I, I, I had a really good friend uh, just sell a big portion of his company and he made a lot of money through this deal. And I was asking him about, I'm like, dude, what do you do with all this cash now? Because you go from working on a, essentially working on a business and the next day you have hundreds of millions of dollars in your, your account. He's like, I don't ever have to work again. What we have to do, if I can earn a 7% return on my cash, every seven years, my cash doubles. That's why the rich get richer. Right, because they they understand how to leverage their money. So he now just and now he just has to be an investor and invest in the right people in the right deals with the collective return of a seven percent. Right, if he can get that, then he's golden for the rest of his life. Right. So most investors seek that they seek good investments that they don't have to be involved in. They're hands off. They invest in people that they trust or like. Trust may come with uh, may come with some time, uh, and they invest in things that they that can bring them some joy and some excitement. Otherwise, they're investing in some boring stuff, and they have that. But they also want to play in some some interesting uh, 
avenues. We are luckily enough an incredible industry that attracts a lot of people, not just guests, but also investors. So people that are looking to invest and raise money for their projects, there is an abundant amount of money out there, abundant amount of investors, and we can attract them in there. But we there's a handful of things that, that we have to do to be in a position to bring investors in. So does that all make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And now I uh, I remember that rule, the rule of of seven. I didn't know it was called the rule of seven, but yeah, essentially, if you make seven, up. if you make seven percent, then your money doubles in ten years. Ten years, yeah, okay. in ten years, yeah, yeah. I've known about that uh, rule, but yeah, it's it's interesting because you know, essentially, if you think about it, there there's a lot of money in this world, and money is always looking for a return. Money is looking, there's two aspects when it comes to investing. There's return and there's risk, right? That's all investors kind of look at. They just look at what's the risk and what's my return, right? So yeah, what I noticed working with, with our investor is, and we'll, we'll dive more into this, but you have to, it all starts with having, being really, really clear on what you want to achieve, what you want to build, yeah. right? And the investor has to get to know you right? because the risk is, like when an investor knows you well and they knows exactly what you're building, then that takes away some of the risk. Or at least then the risk becomes like manageable or understandable, right? Versus investing with people that you don't really know and not really being clear on what they're going to do with your money. Yep. Yep. And I, I just, uh, I, I'm currently reading uh, Psychology of Money by Morgan Hassel. Uh, this is the third time. This year, I've read this book and uh, I just went through, forget the name of the chapter. I think it's chapter six, where they talk about Warren Buffett, how Warren Buffett made his money, right? And everyone looks at the huge amount of dollars that he has and everyone's trying to figure out his secret sauce and all these things. And uh, you know, what's the one thing that Warren Buffett did to become the wealthiest person in the world, right? Or one of the wealthiest people in the world. And what he talks about in the book is how Warren has done really two main things. One is he started investing when he was nine years old. So compound over time is really what brought him his biggest wealth is compound interest. That's a whole nother podcast we can go into. It's something I'm truly, I, I've always known about and thought I was educated on it, but I'm like, man, like now I truly understand the power of it after reading Warren's story is like 80% of his wealth or 90% of his wealth was created in the last X amount of years due to compound interest, right? But he's been investing since he was nine. Another thing that he does is he invests across multiple different avenues, right? And there's only a cut. Actually, fast forward to another story. They talk about VC you know, venture capitalists and how they invest in, in companies is they invest in a ton of different companies. And there's only 2% that get a 20% return or more of their investments, right? They expect, you know, 98% of their investments to actually fail, right? So, and the reason why I bring this up is investors, especially these type of investors that we're looking to attract into for free wild is they're looking for a handful of different things. Yes. They want to invest in the right people. They want to invest in something that's cool and fun because they have opportunity to kind of invest in everything. But also they know if they're investing in you, if they're investing in us, the risk of them losing that money is a bit more tolerable because they're investing in the person and the idea. Right. And the reason why I bring that up is 
people invest in so many, these investors invest in so many different avenues. Some investments will give them 20% returns. Some investments will be losses, but on average, if they can make a 7% return, then they're okay. Right? Like that's what they look for. So this all comes back down to the network. What network do you have surrounding you at all times? Not only giving you advice, but that are that are watching what you're doing. That's why you know SDR Legends exists, right? Is the network that we're bringing together for not only for us but for everybody in that room. Top notch. You have to build those the that network and be patient with fundraising. Yeah, and obviously we have a fairly large network, right? Because we're doing podcasts, we're you know we're creating educational courses. Uh, we we send out emails, all of that. But what would your what would your advice be to somebody who's listening right now who thinks, well, I don't have all that stuff, you know, I I don't I don't have I have an Instagram account, right? Yeah. But that's a that's about it. So how do I find these investors if I don't have these larger communication channels? Awesome, yeah, great question, man. One is everything that we have done, anybody could do. Anybody can start a podcast. Anybody can start documenting what they're doing in their business on Instagram, all of that stuff, right? Uh, what I suggest is don't do everything. Choose one thing and really focus on that for your networking ability. LinkedIn is by far one of the most powerful tools we have in human society to connect with other humans uh, on a professional level. So you can literally find anybody on LinkedIn and connect with them. So... At, at a bare minimum, someone who is not interested in creating a social media following or creating a podcast or anything like that, and they're truly just trying to find investors or high wealth individuals or a network to plug into, I would say LinkedIn is one of by far the best uh, tools to start developing that network and communicating with people. Uh, there's tons of courses out there. If you if people just look up, you know, LinkedIn uh, networking, I'm sure they can find some. I would just invest in that stuff. But that would be the first step is if you're not looking to create anything else, the best way to build your, your investor network and your network in general is LinkedIn, in my opinion. Number two is surrounding yourself with people that are looking for the same thing that you're looking for, doing the same thing that you're looking for. Every single community, especially here in the States, has some type of real estate investment networking group, Airbnb meetups, all that stuff. They may be virtual right now due to the you know the climate that we're in, but start getting involved in those and start sharing what you're doing. Number three is be patient in the process. You know, it took you and I nearly a year to kind of put all this stuff together. And uh, yes, we bought one incredible property and we have a ton of work ahead of us. Um, but we still have a ton of work ahead of us when it comes to meeting new investors because we have a bigger, bigger grand vision on what we're doing with Free Wild here. So, due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. 
That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. Yeah, I think the I think the bottom line is you can't sit in your basement and wait for the investors to come to you. You have to get out there and communicate what you're doing with the world, right? Yep. In however you want to do that, you have to uh, you have to start putting yourself out there. Um, I want to tell a quick inspirational story from uh, from a friend of mine who in I think it was in 2013 he was a lawyer and he wanted to be an entrepreneur. And this goes back to what you were saying, like everything that we are doing, like anybody can do that. And I think that's a, that's a really good point. And this guy was, he wanted to be an entrepreneur. He had no idea how to do that. So what he did is he founded a, a podcast where he was telling the world how his journey on becoming an entrepreneur, right? So he was documenting what he was learning and he was doing this in the weekends while he had a lawyer job. Now, his, his podcast and following grew really, really fast. And before he knew it, that became his business, which is kind of mind-blowing to me where it's like, oh, you're, you're telling people how, you're, how you become an entrepreneur. And by doing that, that actually becomes your business. Pretty incredible. Which is really, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Like people right now, they, uh, they, want, they want to connect with you in an authentic way. Right. So we, I think what we try to do, and this is something that you and I from the very beginning connected on is like, you know, we're going to, we're going to communicate from a place of us not being experts, but of us being two passionate people in this space that we absolutely love and, and sharing the content of what we're learning and what we're doing, our, our wins, our failures, all of that stuff. Right. So I think people really connect with that. And that's what people are looking for nowadays. So Listen, guys, like it is free. It's possible to go and raise money. You just got to be patient. You have to understand. This is why I love what we teach, especially in Legends X, right? Like helping people develop the management model, right? Because like you can go out and create a short term rental management company and have cash flow in your bank very, very quickly, very quickly. In a matter of weeks, you can do that. You can find a property, put it up on Airbnb. And start generating cash flow, right? And now, if we implement the right vision, the right systems, and the right way to scale, then we can scale that pretty quick. And if we can cover our basis, if we can bring it, like for talking to the person who's like, hey, I wanna go buy real estate, I wanna do what you guys are doing, create communities, unique experiences, all this stuff, I need to raise money, but that might take me a year to do that. Well, all right, let's start managing other people's properties, right? We t- we talk about OPM, other people's money, but we could also do the same thing and leverage other people's property, OPP, right? So if we leverage other people's property, that gives us the ability to pay for our lifestyle. You know, we don't need a lot of properties to generate $10,000 a month in the bank, right? And that can change everyone's life, right? $10,000 a month. That gives you the ability to build this vision out, the systems, the process, all of that stuff, and attract in the investors because you're actually building value for people, right? And you're creating something of value versus just coming with an idea, which plenty of investors just invest in ideas. That happens every single day. But if we're if we're lined up against time, we want to change our, you know, maybe we're in a job that we hate and we want to kind of get out of that. I just spoke to one of our uh, clients we've been working with for about a year and a half. 
during COVID, his community got hit super, super hard. Uh, and he went from like 50 units down to 15 units. I uh, got a bunch of debt, all of that. But uh, he just t- told me this morning that he went and got a job working a very high paying hourly job, manual job. Um, and he hired somebody to run his 15 units for him. And he said, just by doing that, because he wanted to pay down his debt, by doing that, removed him from his business, he was able to now start focusing on the higher vision of his company. So yes, he's trading hours for dollars because he has a very hard specific goal is to pay down some debt that he took on during COVID. But now he also wants to continue growing his company. So by doing that, he was able to attract in a COO into his company to help him scale it. And he has the ability to pay for this person because he has a secondary income coming in. The reason why I bring this up is like we can leverage short-term rentals OPP to start generating that while we're also working on the bigger picture of bringing investors into the pipeline, right? That's a really good way of starting it. So we can go into this so many different avenues. I I think one good pivot to, to go into is like, talking about why we think buying businesses, and we talked on this on previous podcasts, why buying short-term rentals right now is super powerful. Like If we can figure out how to raise that money and bring that wealth in, and we have the ability to manage the short-term rental side, the operational side, the biggest opportunity in my opinion, is is finding these older vacation rental properties and converting them to what we call short-term rental experiences, right? I truly believe that because we, we've we just noticed it. Just by, by doing some very basic things on this one property, we dramatically increase the profit on it, right? And we haven't even touched on the renovations. We haven't touched on the designs. We're using their photos. We haven't even brought in a photographer to these properties. We're using their photos. But by just doing a couple of different things, we're dramatically changing the profit here. So I believe that moving into these secondary markets or finding even in the the traditional vacation rental markets, finding old vacation rental management companies that have access to properties and acquiring those and creating those to modern short-term rental experiences I think is going to be one, the next biggest trend in our industry, and two, is going to be the biggest wealth developer in our industry versus what we saw prior to COVID, which was let's leverage other people's properties, lease them all out, scale them, and then try to raise a bunch of money and sell those companies. I don't think that's going to happen anymore outside of a Sonder or something unique. I'm starting to see everyone now leveraging short-term rental management and move and leveraging that to acquire real estate. I think yeah. that's it. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the master leasing companies kind of went out of business. And I see I see it more and more in the last like couple of months. I see more and more people are kind of walking away from that model. Yeah. It's a high risk, high risk model. You know, arbitrage only works in a model in a market that's going up, right? Where more and more cities are difficult to run short-term rentals right now. Competition is pretty crazy. So it's like, it's a great model when it works, right? But uh, the challenge is when it doesn't work, you have a lot of debt. And, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see once we get through the pandemic, if we're going to see some major lawsuits coming into those bigger companies and those individuals who scale those master lease companies that couldn't hold the leases and broke the leases during COVID. I'm really curious to see if like those bigger REITs are going to go after those mass release companies. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. So um, let's dive into how do you find 
because this is re- this is relevant to us as well. Like, how do we find more of these <laughs> these uh, short term rental businesses, these Airbnb businesses that we can buy? Like, there's no website where where you can find these, right? Yeah, I mean, so it comes down to it comes down to what we're trying to buy, right? Because like what we're talking about, yeah, you and I are kind of focused on buying communities and land and you know multiple structures per property. But there's also when I'm when I'm preaching on here, it also makes sense with single family homes, right? Mm. Any type of real estate asset that you can legally run as a short term rental property, right? I think that will happen. I, I think that goes across the board. And I think we're going to be doing that too, acquiring smaller single family homes, apartment buildings, hotels, stuff like that uh, throughout the years. Listen, man, it, it comes down to the same thing network, right? It's like it all comes down to network. And every single, this is what we teach in Legends X, right? The last week on how to scale, we introduce our students to the property abundance plan. And in the property abundance plan, it talks about how, how to create rhythms and habits in your marketing for your company to acquire properties. When I say acquire, I mean, you know, find management deals or find investment deals, right? We have to get in the habit of every single day communicating to the world what we're doing and what we're building, right? Because it's like, yeah, we can go on Zillow. We can go on the MLS. Yes, we could go to Erica Mueller out of Florida. She has a company, Verlio. Verlio. Yeah, verlio.com, where she sources vacation rental properties and sells them on an open market, right? So that's beautiful. You have resources there. But every good investor... And when I was in in the investment world, you don't buy properties on the market. We bought this property on the market at and we paid top freaking dollar for it because we can see what how we could uh two to three X the value of the property just by adding some additional units. So that's a rare situation, but it's like if you know you got to choose your markets and you got to build those relationships with realtors, brokers, and other business owners in that marketplace that will bring you properties, right? So you have to be in that position of networking. So we talked about this. As soon as we bought this property, I walked into a local coffee shop, started talking to the owner. He's been up there for many years. You know, his kids are running around, like he's part of the community. Told him what we did. And he's like, hey man, my friend owns this community uh, in this area. And he's been doing it for many years and he wants out. Uh, I'm like, is it on the market? He's like, no, he hasn't even gotten to that point. But I guarantee you, if the right person and the right dollar comes to him, he would exit. Boom. Right there, we have an opportunity, right? So it's like, we have to network on every single level, right? And we have to communicate with everybody. Because I told him, ordering coffee from him, I told him the whole dream of what we're doing with Freewild. And he's like, dude, I love that idea. You got to talk to my buddy because here's a good opportunity, right? So that's how you find these things. And there's there's really, you can go into all the other marketing, like how to pull lists, how to market to lists, how to do a shotgun approach of sending out letters to homeowners and scraping data off of like websites like Craigslist or VRBO or you know the property. You know, here in the states, you have a uh, property information is public data. Mm-hmm. So everyone has the right to find out who owns what property. That's all public data. So we could scrape that and market it and all that stuff. That's a deeper level. The fastest result will be networking. Guarantee it. That's how I bought every single one of my properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, I can see that. 
I can see how that would work. Um, we did have uh, one of our uh, Legends X graduates who showed us uh, a, a cool system in the in the Legends X uh, Illumini Mastermind, where he's he's in a very small market, right? So he's really snipering. He's looking at a few properties that he wants, and he he went on a website. Uh, I can't remember the name of the website, but what you're talking about, like finding public information on who owns a property, reached out to that person, and now he's managing the unit. Right. right. He looked, he checked out AirDNA, noticed that the, you know, the amount of money that the owner was making wasn't, uh, wasn't great, uh, approached him and, uh, he's now managing it. Right. So, so there's, uh, there's, there's different ways of doing it, but, but I agree with you, like the networking and the building relationships part is especially long-term. That's the most effective and most sustainable way of doing it. Hundred percent. That's why you got to be patient through the process. Everyone thinks that there's a quick solution to getting to the result as fast as possible. Like, oh, if I only invest in this marketing or whatever it is, I'm going to get this result faster. Our brains always look for the fastest path to the result, right? But from what I've learned over the years, and I bought a lot of real estate, and now that we're in this process, I'm recognizing what we want to buy. We have to choose our markets carefully. Two is we have to become part of that community. Three is we have to ask for the properties, right? We watch big companies like Vacasa move into these secondary markets, and they're marketing to everybody. They're approaching all these companies, trying to buy them and buying all of these smaller management companies, all this stuff. But they're so big and they move so freaking fast. They have the ability to spend countless amount of money on marketing and failed approaches, all that stuff. If we're looking to buy one property in a marketplace, and especially if we want to do what we want to do and something unique, we have to become part of that community. And that's either us or a representative of us in those communities. So for us to expand out, again, like, yeah, we could use all these websites, we could use all these approaches and what I call the shotgun marketing approach, where we kind of send out everything to everyone and hope to find that one person to call us. Or we can be very specific and start networking with the right people that can introduce us to the right people who own the real estate. So in my opinion, that's the best way we're going to scale. Once we put our fund together and we start raising 20, 30, 40, $50 million to buy these communities around the country and then eventually around the world, we're obviously going to have to hire a couple of people in-house to go out and build those relationships. But we're going to find our properties more on relationship building than we are on any type of marketing approach that we take. When are we buying this uh, this this property that the guy in the coffee shop told you about? Oh man, we're one step at a time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going up there. Uh, I'm going to be in Idlewild this weekend or next this weekend. Yeah, this weekend. So we're going to go visit that and see see if that makes sense. So yeah, I can't wait till until I'm able to actually go to Idlewild and spend some time. Yeah, there. dude. Because uh, we're you know we're managing all these units. I've never actually been there. <laughs> I know it's pretty awesome, right? Um, yeah, it's cool that you get to you know be able to be on that back end. That's what this what makes this business so beautiful. But yeah, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. I can't can't wait to start expanding that location and then finding some additional locations like Lake Arrowhead, which is a town not too far from Ottawa, Big Bear, and then eventually Tahoe. I think our approach of expanding is uh, 
And this is something that Erica and Rebecca kind of got in my brain from uh, Hicksville is uh, the way to expand is not getting a property in Ottawa, then getting a property in Tennessee and then getting a property in Canada. It's let's, let's move into clusters of towns. And then once we have that locked in, we can move into another location. So that's kind of going to be our approach to it. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Our main client right now is coming from Los Angeles and San Diego. Yep. Those are really the two main cities where people are traveling to Ottawa from. So it makes sense for us to start our next one in a place where those that's within driving distance of those same cities. That's right. Right? Because then all, all of the people that would have stayed with us, they'll be like, hey, we have a new, we have our second free route. You know, let's, let's go check it out. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's if you're trying to create something unique and you're trying to target the, the same type of avatar and create a culture, right? And that's a whole nother podcast to go into. But yeah, that's going to be our approach beyond it. Awesome. Sweet. I'm excited. This is such exciting times. Oh, uh, dude, I freaking love it, man. Let's just hope inflation doesn't shoot through the roof anytime soon and uh, things stay peaceful and the world starts, you know, loving each other a bit more. And, uh, we'll be able to continue doing what we're doing. Otherwise we'll have to continue doing what we're doing during all those challenges. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, uh, it's an exciting time for us. Uh, definitely learning a lot. It's kind of crazy because if you, if you look at how, how busy we were just with overnight success and then yeah. to think that we're taking on a whole new business. Uh, but you know, it's interesting. I think as an entrepreneur, you always feel like you have too many things to do that you can handle. And you always think like, oh, when when is the time going to be there when I don't have a lot of tasks and I'm not fully you know busy the whole day? But I think that's just part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're we're in the startup phase of now two companies, right? Overnight success has a couple of years now, but uh, Free Wild is from the from the ground up, right? We we haven't even launched aside from this podcast, we haven't even launched it publicly and you know, we're still working on the brand, all that stuff. So there's a lot of work that goes into these companies, of course, but I mean, both of us have, we have people in our network who have grown extremely successful companies that are worth hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. And they have the same challenges that we have. There's just different zeros. Right. And, uh, that's literally all it is. And, um, I think, the only time that that ever changes is when you move from an entrepreneur to an investor, right? Because then at that time, you control your time and you control where your money is going. And you're investing in the people like us that are doing all the manual labor and all the stuff that goes into it. But I feel good, man. Like with the team that we have with Overnight Success, the systems, that company is freaking rocking and rolling. And uh, now with Free Wild, like obviously a huge undertaking of what we're doing. But man, I've never felt so freaking confident of being able to uh, crush it with what we're doing than than right now. So feels good, man. It's good to hear, man. Well, you, you've been uh, you've been um, hustling since you were like 17 years old. So that's right. To hear that now you're the most confident ever. That uh, that's that's great to hear. Yeah, dude. It's been it's been a crazy journey. Been a crazy journey, but uh, I, I'm giving myself a few more years of uh, this hustle mode, and then uh, create the wealth to become the investor. So, yeah, that's awesome. that's my goal. Amen to that. All right. Well, uh, any any final words before we wrap it up? No, that's it. I'm just you know, again, uh, for everyone who's made it to this far, 
in the podcast, you know, love your support on leaving us a solid review and uh, subscribing to this podcast. Uh, that's literally the only way that we can get some uh, some feedback and have this podcast grow is by our listeners supporting us. And that's that's the only way to talk about our podcast that people share it with people who you think would enjoy this. Please leave us a uh, review, preferably a good one, and subscribe. Uh, we truly, uh, you know, appreciate your support on that. Yeah, we've been getting some new reviews. I saw on the Apple Podcast, and the best oh, way sweet. to leave us a review is uh, just search for "Get Paid for Your Pad" on Apple Podcast, and uh, you'll you'll be able to find it and uh, and leave us a quick review. So, yeah, thanks to thanks to people who've already left reviews. Um, we found out that that's a really powerful way for us to uh, reach more people. And, uh, and increase the uh, the community. So thank you for that. All right, Eric. Well, it's good to uh, good to see you. And that's uh, right. We'll talk soon to the listeners. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back on Monday. See you then. Peace out, guys. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get for your pet. If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.